I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yo, my fuckers. Welcome back. Thank you for being here, learning about the wild things that brains do. And thank you, especially to the friends who helped me keep this thing and myself alive while also learning the full details of everything we talk about here and so much more over at patreon.com slash traumatized motherfuckers. None of this would exist without you. And cheers, my motherfuckers. I sincerely, sincerely think of you way too often. All right, now let's pick up where we left off last time. As I ran down in our last episode, it has been a year of talking about relationships and the crossover to complex trauma, aka the many obstacles that we face throughout the course of them from start to finish. And don't worry. I will get off talking about relationships soon, but uh, one thing we've learned conclusively through research and real life is conflict is bound to happen. We will not always be happy with each other. Often we will feel mortally wounded by each other. And then we somehow still need to find a way for the relationship to continue which is kind of a big problem, yeah? Most of us, not even, quote, trauma people, but human beings in general, did not learn to resolve conflict very well. We try to protect ourselves against others and the critics in our own brains, which tends to undermine any attempt at actually repairing the relationship after they've gotten right fucked up. But then we cling on to continuing that relationship anyways, because we have to, because it would be more uncomfortable to end the thing, or because we think there will not be another option down the line, right? 
So we end up limping through terrible social situations where both parties are low-key in pain at one another and also at themselves. Or, you know, alternatively, we cut and run in this flighty state, figuring that it's easier than trying to mend what has been broken to just leave. Maybe it seems like the only option entirely. And sometimes that is really the fucking case. But the point is, not resolving our conflicts fully, it really doesn't help any of us. The relationship obviously suffers as both parties pull away from each other, and each individual also suffers with the terror fest that is a relationally traumatized brain running riled, rampant, and unchecked alone. So, as we spoke about last time, it's critical that we have real resolution to our relational rifts for the association that we share between us, sure, but also for the mental health of each person individually and really kind of the course of the rest of their life. In our last episode, we discussed an easy phrase that speaks to the underlying unmet needs that are often pinged by relational upsets. I see you, I hear you, I love you, and I've got your back is what we all really have needed to hear for our entire lives. And we're back here today to talk about, well, not saying that, (laughs) really, instead expressing the opposite of that. What we usually get from our relational comrades after some sort of rupture between us, instead of that. Some motherfucking terrible ass shit apologies that actually despite containing the phrase i'm sorry are just not apologies at all they are non-apology apologies and i've got 14 of them that i've detailed in the full-on episode of that namesake find it in that private stream if you're really hankering for insights on your prior or current relationship shittery Now, I cannot get through all 14 of those here in our shorter, kind of bite-sized format, but I've got a few that I need to throw your way, and I bet they will sound very familiar. Let me say that again. Familiar. So, keeping in mind that our goal is to repair what has been broken, And that requires, number one, acknowledging that something has been broken. Number two, taking responsibility for our part in what has gotten fucked up. So that, number three, we can speak to the wound that we have pinged in the other person and reassure them that it's safe with us. Before number four, offering amendments different behaviors that we will execute in the future that will not hit on these pain points, which we also have to, number five, follow through on. But let's run through some quarter-assed attempts at ending conflict without actually doing 
any of those five things without taking responsibility or understanding the problem in the first place, especially. These are terrible, ineffective, additionally harmful statements that masquerade as apologies while rotting out our relationships and definitely not repairing a single fucking thing. All right, let's get into a few of them. And here we go. The first one we've got to talk about, I'm sorry if. Hey, you know what's a good sign of something not being a fucking apology? If they don't know what they're apologizing for. Yeah, it's not a goddamn apology. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry if it was uncool that I did that last night. I'm sorry if I did something that upset you. Saying, I'm sorry if, suggests that you're not sure if you have done anything to feel remorseful about at all. It's a sort of a theoretical problem that we're possibly speaking to. We're not really taking the other person's experience into our consideration. We just want to lay out if anything happened. All right, fine. If you did do something upsetting, you know, you're really just asking the other person not to make it a big deal. If that did take place, and I'm not saying that it did, then, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. I'm sorry if is not a good apology. It does not repair anything. Now, I have to throw in the necessary trauma caveat here. Um, A lot of us with childhood trauma are not sure if we've actually done something wrong. Genuinely. You know, being poorly socialized a lot of the time, we actually are not certain. We pick up a weird vibe and automatically think we did something wrong because we were trained to do that. But we might actually feel like we need to check in to find out. I think it's a little less confrontational for us to say, I'm sorry if I did that, rather than to directly ask, oh shit, did I just do that? But we would be better served by that latter question, followed up by a genuine separate apology in which we state that we did do the thing, if that's the case. You with me? All right. So I'm sorry if is an apology failure because it does not take responsibility and it doesn't actually speak to understanding the other person's experience. It actually suggests that we're unwilling to deeply consider what they went through or what we did. But we're sorry if it was unpleasant. Therefore, signaling that we won't hold real emotional or empathetic space for them, and we'd prefer that they just let it go, if there's anything to let go at all. Yeah, it's a real shit apology. Bookmark it and don't accept it anymore. Also, please don't use I'm sorry if in your own relationships if you want them to actually heal. All right, next one. I'm sorry, you know I. As in, 
I'm sorry. You know I didn't mean it. You know I love you. You know it's not like that. So this one says, you have no right to actually feel how you feel about this because you know better. P.S. Because I'm telling you that you know better, regardless of what you actually have observed, believed, or currently know. Yeah, don't you fucking love that one? So this is a manipulation to enable abuse in my book. Like, yeah, I did the thing, but let's ignore it because I have supposedly established previously that there's something special going on here. So anything I do in the aftermath that challenges that idea, well, it just needs to be forgotten. Come on, you know I was kidding. You know I care about you more than anyone. You know I would never hurt you on purpose. You know I don't enjoy acting that way either. All of these are examples of justifications for bad behaviors that don't speak to the bad behaviors at all or the resulting feelings. These half-fake apologies instead just ask you to defer attention to something that will make you feel differently. In other words, saying, just override your emotions now with what I'm informing you, you should have felt previously, and then rely on that. Be that trust, appreciation, love, care, etc., etc., etc. They're saying just ignore your recent memories and instead lean on this historical one that paints this situation in a different light, a positive one. Yeah. It's not an apology. There's, again, no responsibility being taken. There's no recognition of the other person's experience. There's no spoken intention to do anything different in the future. Just really asking them to revert their brain back to a previous version where they, too, believe the positive thing about you that you are currently believing about yourself. It doesn't help. It just sort of gaslights the other party into believing that they don't or shouldn't feel what they feel. And that's incredibly damaging. It also is not going to repair your relationship. Onwards. I'm sorry, but. You know what the word but does in a sentence? It negates what was just said. And that's its function in apologies as well. So although we generally use it as a warning that we're about to explain our position, and that is a natural human tendency, what we're truly saying is, I'm sorry, but... No, not really. (laughs) I'm sorry, but there's a reason why I hurt you. So... It acts as a justification, and it switches the attention from the real issue, what was hurtful to the other party that was about to be apologized for, to whatever was happening inside of us, right? I'm sorry, but I was having a really bad day. 
I'm sorry, but you triggered me. I'm sorry, but I will not have other people speak to me the way that my dad used to speak to me. Look, you might be expressing a boundary, but that really has no place inside of the apology. Because when you use the word but, it no longer is an apology. It's a request to instead understand our position. And then again, to just let it go. Because we have rationale in our heads that we think you should also adopt, accept, and use to override your own experience. So don't, I'm sorry, but people. First, tell them what you're sorry for. Later in the conversation, if it comes up, you have the opportunity to describe your position to give that mishap some context. But your position has no place in the apology itself. First, repair what is busted. Later, tell them why it got all weird in the first place. But realize that your context does not negate what has happened for them. And that is what needs to be spoken to to repair that relationship. All right. Next up, and lastly, in this mini rundown anyways, I'm sorry that you... Dot, dot, dot. Hey, this one's pretty fucking simple. Anytime you're apologizing, you are taking responsibility for what you did. So there never should be a I'm sorry you statement. I'm sorry that I is the only relevant way to communicate here. Now, I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast at least semi-regularly, you're probably having some memories flood your brain right now, especially pointedly and infuriatingly, including the phrase, here we go, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I could rip some fucking heads off just saying it out loud. There is no worse shitpology in my book. That statement is in every way a blame-shifting cop-out costumed as an apology. It says, I am not sorry for what I did. I am sorry for the way that you are reacting to what I did, which actually says, you are wrong and the real problem here is your experience and your reactions, not whatever actions I took. Welcome to the only apology that I have ever received from my family. I'm sorry you have feelings, Jess. I'm sorry you have thoughts that I'd prefer you didn't have. I'm sorry about you being you rather than you being me. And yeah, it has never resolved a single conflict. It really only makes it obvious that the other party gives none shits about whatever you are going through. It creates a huge round of resentment and uh, makes it clear that they're pretty sure everything is just your fault, even though they are supposedly saying they're sorry. 
So apologies are about taking responsibility, as I've said, I don't know, five times in this episode, which means I'm sorry can only, can only be followed by the words that I. I am sorry that I. If you ever catch a whiff of, I'm sorry that you, you can just go ahead and reject that attempt at supposed rectification because it's just offloading all accountability onto your plate rather than the other person owning up to what they dished out. And, um, you know, I've got 10 more really CPTSD relevant, terrible, non-apology apologies for ya if you're trying to learn what not to do, what not to accept in your relationships, or what downstream effects are likely to follow such placating, bullshitty statements. You might want to hit up the full episode on this topic and start rethinking how language really makes a difference in the health and maintenance of our relationships and our own healing journeys. Which brings me to next month's topic. Yo, it's a pretty big one. We're finally getting into what is called nonviolent communication, aka the way to effectively talk to each other without all the blame shifting, confusion, demand making, and control tactics. There's a four-step procedure for relating in a way that actually works rather than speaking out our asses, flinging our unexamined emotions at others, and demanding our unspoken needs be met without telling the other party what they are. And we're getting into it, plus all the detailed language that makes it work for September. Should give everyone enough time to practice with it as the holidays rapidly approach. So there you go, folks who are uh, already freaking out about the impending doom of the most wonderful time of the year. Get your nonviolent communication skills building. Get these fake apology formats in your head so you know what not to fall for. And so you get better at relational repairs yourself while you're at it. It's not your job to fix the fuckery that's come before you, but as exhausting as being the bigger person is, it does demonstrate to others what they can work to grow into by following your lead. Help them feel seen, heard, loved, and supported in relationship, something that they also probably haven't really experienced. And you'd be surprised what that can do for a brain and what it can do for your relationship. Unmet needs versus unmet needs will almost always lead to a knife fight. But feeling fulfilled and secured, even just from one end of a two-person continuum, will change the whole dynamic and the entire brainscape for the better. So, my friends, remember the purpose of relational repair. It's speaking to the wounds and unmet needs of each other individually to establish a stable, secure, vulnerable, and trusting foundation for the relationship to grow upon 
between the two of you. It is not to bully the other party into accepting some half-hearted words that poof, make the problem go away because technically someone said they were sorry. Cool? Cool. Take responsibility, speak to the experience of the other person, offer amended behaviors that avoid repeating the same harmful behavior in the future, and fucking follow through on what you say. Anything less is manipulation, justification, blame shifting, and generally just a shitty non-apology apology. See you next month for the rundown on nonviolent communication, my friends. And in the meantime, we'll be chilling over there in the private stream. See you at patreon.com slash traumatized motherfuckers when you're ready to jump in. Until then, hail yourself, hail your standards for and ability to effectively apologize. Hail Archie. And that's it. Cheers, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.